Well, happy Easter, everyone. I cannot believe it has been over a year since the first lockdown, and this is our second Easter where we are coming at you from a screen, I'm in my living room, as opposed to being able to celebrate in person. To say that it's been a weird year is maybe the understatement of the century. Over the course of the year, I have done many, many things that I would never have done in a pre-pandemic world. Not that long ago, I accidentally left my Zoom name in one of our central evening gatherings as Jackie Weaver, aka Britney Spears. That would not have happened in person. I also have invested my money in a very colorful, very ridiculous pair of jogging bottoms that fortunately no one will ever see because you can only see my top half. I then also told the same person three times about my new trousers because I, like the rest of the world, have really run out of good conversation this year. Anyone relate? When I think back on the last year, I also very much reflect on it in terms of the phases of, that we have all been through. The early days of lockdown where everyone was simultaneously pretty scared of this new unknown virus, but maybe also a tiny bit secretly pleased to have social plans canceled to catch up on that latest show on Netflix. Then there was the season where reality set in a lot more and there was grief and loss and uncertainty and also still other awful things going on in the world that didn't just stop because of the virus. And yet there was also so many sunny days and so many Zoom quizzes and the discovery that just because we're at home, we're not alone and there are still ways for us to connect and be kind and bless one another. Then there was the glorious summer where maybe we felt a little bit more hope and also widening waistlines at the eat out to help out scheme, followed by a disappointing autumn and a canceled Christmas. And now here we are, a few months into 2021, or 2021 as I like to shorten it, which has brought with it this tentative optimism as a result of the vaccines. I want to recognise that you could be joining in with us today from a whole different range of emotions and expectations. Maybe you're here because you have even though you found it hard to engage with church during online seasons, you're here because it's Easter. And if so, we are so glad to have you. Maybe you've never been to church before or at least never online. And if so, welcome and we'd love to get to know you. Or maybe you've been part of our church family for a long time and you've been through this whole journey of online church with us. We are so thankful for you, wherever you're coming from and whatever you're feeling, you're not alone in that. And the message of Easter is that in every season and in whatever we are feeling or facing, the most significant truth 
in the history of the world is that Jesus is a real person who's fully human and fully God and he died and rose again for you. Today's a party, but why? Who is this Jesus? Well, the passage that John just read for us is the climax of the story, but let's rewind for a moment and see how we got here. And you might think, okay, let's rewind to the moment he started his teaching or the moment Jesus was born. But actually, Jesus was present at the very beginning of time, just not in the way we might think of him. We can read in Genesis chapter three, which is right at the beginning of our Bibles, that from the moment people started making bad choices that led them away from our creator, God, we were separated from close intimacy with God and God being all loving could not leave us like that. So he promised that one would come who would defeat evil for us and be fatally wounded in the process. Then all throughout our Old Testament, which is the story of God's people before Jesus came, we read of the relationship between God and his people, where his people continually fall short and allow for injustice and idolatry and general pretty bad stuff. But then there are these prophets who, through the generations, God gives special insight and knowledge to. And they have all of these insights about the life of Jesus, this one who is to come and be the saviour, this one person who can defeat evil. And then roughly 2021 years ago, a baby is born. Jesus has come. Merry Christmas. So we know that Jesus was highly anticipated and existed before he came to earth as a baby. But who actually is this guy? In the accounts of Jesus's life in the Bible, we read that in the three and a half years of his public ministry, he teaches these radical and controversial sermons and stories which captivate thousands of people. He performs miracles that even his enemies can't deny. He begins to fulfill these prophecies that were spoken about his life. He hangs out with tradesmen and disabled people and financially independent women and tax guys and sex workers and occasionally even the super religious people. Most significantly, he claims to have the authority to forgive sins, something only God has. And in John 14, he says, you believe in God, believe also in me. He then says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Matthew 16, we read Jesus begin to predict his own death as part of this way in verse 21, claiming he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. This is a huge claim. Just imagine for a moment 
being around them and hearing this teaching, killed and raised to life. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or he's telling the truth. And it all hangs on these two days we know as Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So what happened then? What did he do for us? Well, Good Friday, which we've just celebrated, is the day we remember that Jesus died for us, being fully human and therefore able to identify with our struggles and experience our suffering and fully God and therefore able to reject all temptation and live a perfect life. Jesus was able to take the weight of our sin to the cross with him and sacrifice himself to save us from ourselves. This, this is the fatal wound that God spoke about back in Genesis. In fact, he fulfills every single prophecy spoken about him in the Old Testament, down to the way the soldiers get dibs on his clothes. If you're having trouble getting that into your head, the full magnitude of that, and I know I do, then lean into the mystery of God, who is so far above our understanding. This brings us to the passage John read aloud. His followers are heartbroken. They think Jesus has died and that's it, that Jesus's enemies have won. God is dead, except he isn't. And it's okay if you wanna let out a little cheer in your home at that. God, Jesus, returns so that one, we might believe that he really has overcome evil and two, so that he can fill us with his Holy Spirit so that once again, we might have that close intimacy with God that was lost for so long. And thirdly, to tell us to go and to share the good news so that more and more people can experience this incredible intimacy too. What an amazing three things. Here is a question you may be thinking. Can we believe it? Can we believe it? Maybe you've listened to that passage that John read and thought, angels coming back from the dead? Isn't that a little bit far-fetched? Well, I'm not actually asking you to suspend all reason. The fact is, there are persuasive, logical, historical arguments to support the fact that evidence really does suggest that Jesus was seen by hundreds of people after he was publicly killed. And for you personally, if that's something that it would help you to look into further, then there are a great many apologetics books out there you could check out C.S. Lewis, Amy or Ewing for example. But intellectualizing isn't essential for believing. 
One of the best ways we can know if this is true is simply by praying and asking God to reveal himself to us. The first time I did this, I was a teenager and I knelt down and I put my hands out in front of me and I told God in my mind that I wanted to know what it was like to experience God's spirit within me. And pretty quickly I was falling like a baby because I was overcome with this emotion and sensation I had never felt before. It was an incredible and life-changing day for me. And if you haven't done this before, I would encourage you to at least give this a go. It'll be different for you than it was for me because you were different than I am and God knows you. And if you wanna do that, we're gonna leave some space for that at the end. So we've explored who this Jesus is and if we can believe it, but what does it mean for us? What does it mean for us today? Well, I believe that God can and wants to speak to us today. And as I prayed for us this morning, I felt that one particular phrase from the passage that really stood out to me is where it says that the women were afraid yet filled with joy. I think this is a pretty apt description for many of us right now. Maybe it's the uncertainty of life during a pandemic, whether that be your physical health, your work, your mental health, or something completely unrelated to coronavirus. Many of us are living with some degree of fear or pain or grief. Well, I'm not here to tell you that that stuff just goes away when you follow Jesus you will experience that stuff, yet you can be full of joy. For everything that is currently a source of grief, Jesus will be turning it to a cause for celebration. Where there is sickness, the hope of Jesus is that there is healing. Where there is broken relationships, the hope in Jesus is perfect love and unity. Where there is poverty, the hope of Jesus is the riches of the kingdom of heaven. So if you have a particular situation that you're saying, well, what is Jesus doing about this? He's on the cross for it. And I recognize that might be hard or feel almost impossible right now. But one of the good things about the good news is that the things that seem impossible to us are nowhere near impossible to God. We have access to something completely greater than and beyond ourselves. In Central Families Online this morning, which was exceptional, by the way, um, not least my actions in the kids' song, Hannah was exploring how we can't see Jesus with our eyes like the people he met did, but we can see him today in other ways, through kindness, generosity, justice, healing, through the spirit of God at work today. This is our source of deep joy. Unlike happiness, it won't be shaken by the things of the world because it is not of the world. Without Jesus, 
What is there that can give you access to that same kind of joy? This is why we have such an overwhelming reason to celebrate today. And I wanna finish with this brilliant N.T. Wright quote, and it's a bit long, but it's great, so it begins. Easter is about the wild delight of God's creative power. We ought to shout alleluias instead of murmuring them. We should light every candle in the building instead of only some. We should have a real bonfire. We should splash water about as we renew our baptismal vows. Obviously, in the case of Evans' baptism, shouting had to be a minimum in terms of government guidance, but that does not apply to us at home. He then goes on to say, if Lent is a time to give things up, Easter ought to be a time to take things up. Champagne for breakfast again? Well, of course. Christian holiness was never meant to be merely negative. The 40 days of the Easter season until Ascension ought to be a time to balance out Lent by taking something up, some new task or venture, something wholesome and fruitful and outgoing and self-giving. You may only be able to do it for six weeks, but if you really make a start on it, it might give you a sniff of new possibilities, new hopes, new ventures you never dreamed of. It might bring something of Easter into your innermost life. It might help you wake up in a whole new way. And that is what Easter is all about. What a thought, eh? So in response to this great joy we have, let's choose to say yes to God today and every day. And if you have been following God for a while, then what is it that God might be waiting for you to take up even just for a little bit? But particularly for those of us who have never said yes to God before, we are going to leave a little bit of time now just to pause, to pray, to put out your hands in front of you if you want to as a sign that you're ready to receive and that you're open. And you can just pray out loud or in your mind, come Jesus, come Holy Spirit. So let's all do that now. Come Jesus, come Holy Spirit. And as we are praying, just continue to wait for God. And the Holy Spirit may come, and if you've never experienced that before, it might feel like there is a warmth within you or a new sensation in you. That's God making himself known to you. And if you feel your heart beating faster or if you feel something that you've not felt before, that's God's presence in you today. And if you are feeling God for the first time today, experiencing his presence, or if you're experiencing it again today in a way that is confirming to you that you believe in Jesus, then we would love to pray with you because that is a huge moment. That is a huge step 
So the live prayer button will be in the chat if you're watching this live. So do click on it and then you'll get taken through to a Zoom call with a very friendly person at Central and they would just love to pray with you and bless you in that. And if you are experiencing this, but you're not watching with us live this morning, then do email Adele at adele at centralchurch.co.uk. And again, we can chat to you because we would love to connect with you and just celebrate that with you. So stay in that place. Pray that simple prayer. Come Holy Spirit as we go into our final song of worship. <laughs> 